What is up everyone, it's Quinn here, and today and tomorrow I'm gonna to be wrapping up my last set of rankings videos. So today I'm gonna to be going through my top 40 running backs. Later on today, I'll be going through my top 40 wide receivers, and then I'll have an expanded video on my top overall players for one quarterback, and then another video tomorrow talking about my rankings for Superflex. If you guys do want my full rankings, um, those are gonna be down in the description. You can just make a copy of the Google Sheet. You can have the uh, rankings for yourself. But today we're gonna be locking in on the top 40 running backs, adding a few guys on from the last rankings video I did. And since I've talked about a lot of these players pretty in depth in previous videos, I'm not going crazy in depth on all 40 players. You know, I don't think anyone wants to watch like a two hour video right before their uh, fantasy football draft, but I'm just gonna be talking about some of the uh, kind of movements I've made in these rankings over the last week, two weeks, um, and just kind of explain those. If you guys enjoy the video, do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. Um, stay tuned for my wide receiver videos and then the other two coming out tomorrow. But let's jump right into it. We're gonna start off with my three tier one running backs. We have Christian McCaffrey, Bijan Robinson, and Austin Eckler. This top three hasn't changed in a while at this point. Still view CMC as my number one guy. I think Bijan and Eckler are very, very close. I slightly prefer Bijan, but if you don't really want to take the risk of drafting a rookie, I don't even know if it's a ton of risk, but you don't like the uncertainty, I think Eckler is also a great option here. Not going to be super upset with those guys kind of flipped at uh, two and three. Then moving into tier two, this is where I have Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, and Jonathan Taylor. So really the only shakeup in this tier has been some movement with Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Taylor. Josh Jacobs is going to jump back into this tier with the news that he's going to be back with the Raiders this season on a one-year deal. For me, I jumped him over Jonathan Taylor because just that one-year deal is a little more stability than Jonathan Taylor currently has. But here's my concern with Josh Jacobs. It's obviously good news that he's going to be playing week one. That's why I bumped him up. We're not going to get him holding out to start off the NFL season, but I still don't think this is like his ideal situation. He clearly wanted a long-term extension, and I would imagine he still wants one, especially playing at the running back position where, you know, you can kind of fall off at a younger age. I don't expect this Raiders team to be a team that's really competing for the playoffs. I would say the betting odds kind of back that. So I'm just wondering if Josh Jacobs is even going to be suiting up towards the end of the season, like why is he suiting up for a team with a losing record to risk a longer term deal? Like I'm not saying he's going to go out and just completely fake an injury, but right late in the season, it's football, it's a physical game, everyone's banged up. So I don't really think it would be egregious for him to have like a minor ankle injury and be like, all right, I'm packing it in week 15, week 16, week 17. You know, I don't think that's crazy. So I want to ask you guys, like, is this a legit concern I'm having? Because I know some people have just bumped him, you know, right up. He's going to be like a one-two turn pick. Like, am I reading too much into this? Or do we think this is like, you know, a fair thing to be concerned about? I guess you could always draft him and then try to move off of him like mid-season before there are rumblings of this. But there's still some risk there. You know, you're not sure you're actually going to get the greatest return trading him in your league. I will say though that if Josh Jacobs signed like a multi-year deal, he was locked in with the Raiders or got traded, signed a multi-year deal with someone else, I'd have him right in the mix there with like Tony Pollard and Nick Chubb. I just have him below those guys because I don't like the risk of him potentially missing out on the fantasy playoffs. So I do want to hear your guys' opinion on this. You know, like maybe I'm overreacting to that possibility, but it is something that concerns me. And then we have the Jonathan Taylor situation, and it's definitely kind of tough here. A lot up in the air. He could be on a new team. 
We don't exactly know what's up with his ankle. Like, is he kind of just leveraging, getting another surgery because he doesn't really want to play for the Colts? Like, if he goes to another team, is he going to be ready to go right away? I would say that, like, if every player ahead of JT in my rankings went, like, in the second round, I would end up taking him, like, later round two. I think if he slips to round three, that's the spot where I feel like you just kind of have to bite the bullet and take on the risk of Jonathan Taylor. I would feel much better getting him in round three compared to round two. But like if push came to shove, all the other dudes, you know, were already drafted in the first two rounds, I would probably end up taking them in the uh, back half of the second round. But a lot of concern. But we do know that Jonathan Taylor has a pretty high end ceiling at the running back position and could still finish as a high end RB1, assuming he gets out on the field. Now, moving into tier three, this is going to be a pretty small tier. Jameer Gibbs and Ramondre Stevenson, kind of just like a buffer tier between like a bigger tier two and a bigger tier four. These are two guys who probably aren't going to have massive workloads in their offense, but I still think they can finish as running back ones. We know Gibbs is going to have the elite receiving upside in his split with David Montgomery. And then for Ramondre, I do think we may have Zeke vulturing touchdowns, but I still think he should see a pretty solid workload on the ground. And then he should also take over the majority of the receiving work. So two guys that I think are nice picks like in the round three area. And then moving into tier four, we did have some shakeups in this tier. I'm going to go Brees Hall, Joe Mixon, Damian Pierce, Travis Etienne, and Najee Harris. I continue to move Pierce higher and higher up in my rankings. It just truly looks like he's set up to be a three down workhorse back for the Texans here. Um, I do think you could argue Damian Pierce over Mixon. Like Mixon could end up being that three down back on a better offense. But I also think it's possible that Mixon could just be like cooked as a player. Like I'm very confident Damian Pierce is not cooked as a player. So like I said, I don't think it'd be crazy to go Pierce over Mixon. I just think the elite upside of Mixon having pretty much the same workload from last year on a better offense probably is going to lead to a higher ceiling than Damian Pierce. But if you'd rather just take the young guy, I totally get it. I moved Travis Etienne behind Damian Pierce. And just at this point, like with where we're at, what we've seen from the preseason, I think it's very hard to deny that Tank Bigsby is going to be a problem for Travis Etienne. In the Jaguars' most recent preseason game, Etienne took 16 snaps to Bigsby's nine. Etienne took eight carries to Bigsby's six. Like at the very least, Bigsby is going to be a nuisance to Travis Etienne. And I think the problem is that, like, I don't necessarily think this split is just going to stay steady the entire season. Like we are seeing a rookie running back eat into the workload before the season has even started. So like this could get much worse throughout the season. It could even come to a point where Bigsby is overtaking Travis Etienne. Like, I don't know if that's the most likely outcome. But I mean, it could definitely trend that way. This is something I've been talking about. It didn't seem like the Jaguars were all the way in on Travis Etienne. Their new coaching staff, you know, was the one who was involved in the Tank Bigsby draft pick. They were not involved in the Travis Etienne draft pick. So I'm really just not excited to uh, hit the draft button on Travis Etienne this year. And then we have Najee Harris, who I kind of feel like is just a less exciting version of Travis Etienne. And at least in my opinion, just like a worse player than Travis Etienne. I think just like uh, Tank Bigsby is going to be involved, I think Jalen Warren is going to be very involved in this offense. Najee just hasn't been an efficient player throughout his NFL career. And this has kind of been a comparison that I've seen thrown out there. I'm not exactly sure who started it, but it does kind of remind me of the early stages of like the Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard dynamic. You've got the one running back who had like the high draft capital. And obviously in Zeke's prime, he was a stud. This was when Zeke started to fall off. But Najee Harris hasn't even come close to like early career Zeke. So you've kind of got like the high draft capital, the player you're invested in. 
not a super efficient player. And then you've got this like somewhat unknown guy, you know, doesn't have the same draft capital, but they come in and they kind of just outproduce the other dude in terms of efficiency on a smaller sample size. I think that could definitely be Jalen Warren this season. And I'm just not super in on Najee. The way we saw Najee deliver a fantasy ceiling was through a ton of volume. I just don't see that happening this season with Jalen Warren involved in that offense. Moving into tier five, we're going to have J.K. Dobbins, Aaron Jones, and Javante Williams. So the main change in this tier was just bumping up Javante. He should be lined up as the week one starter. He played in the preseason. So I just think, you know, he deserves to be bumped up a little bit. Looks like he's healthy heading into the season. And I just think it's a fair spot to draft a running back who's kind of proven he's talented, but also factoring in the injury concern. Like if he wasn't injured, I think he's probably going at latest in the tier four group. So you're still getting somewhat of a discount. And I do think that's kind of like a fair price. Then in tier six, I'm going to have James Cook, Rashad White, Kenneth Walker, and Alvin Kamara. A few weeks ago, or even a few months ago, there just seemed to be like this massive tier of guys, pretty much from like, you know, the James Cooks all the way to like the Madisons, the Sanders, the James Connors, Cam Akers, all of those dudes. And like you could make individual arguments for all of those players on why they were going to have a big workload. So I kind of had them all clumped together. I feel like now we have some players that are kind of rising out of that area and maybe some of them that are slipping. I'm not as confident in. I feel like James Cook and Rashad White are two guys that have elevated themselves from that kind of tier. James Cook probably isn't going to be getting the goal line work. I don't think really anyone expected him to be getting the goal line work, but I think it was possible that this turned into a really gross split with James Cook and Damian Pierce. It doesn't look like that's what's going to happen. It looks like James Cook is the clear running back one. He's going to have that receiving upside on this Bills offense, which is very, very valuable, but he's just not going to have the red zone opportunities. If he did have the red zone opportunities, I mean, the lowest he'd be going was like the third round. So you're still getting him at a discount. It's not like you're getting him um, in an area where you're expecting him to be the three down workhorse. I just think this is going to be a better situation than a gross 50-50 split on a great offense, definitely willing to take James Cook here. And then the other big mover was uh, bumping Rashad White up. Even if the Buccaneers offense, it might be rough, Rashad White has dominated the opportunities in the preseason. Their most recent preseason game, White played all nine snaps and ran routes on all six dropbacks with the starters. Keyshawn Vaughn is currently operating as the running back two. He's a guy who has done pretty much nothing in his NFL career, has just been like a career RB3 even like an RB4 on uh, that Bucks roster. Rashad White has the receiving ability. So I do think he could end up being a massive value. And it does seem like the Bucks want to give him a very significant workload. Um, if you guys are new to the channel, you're probably going to think I'm very low on Kenneth Walker. I think Charbonnet is going to eat into this backfield. Kind of a similar situation to Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. But I think Walker could potentially be losing out on goal line work and receiving work which is obviously like the two most important kind of touches in fantasy football. And then Alvin Kamara, even with the suspension, I still think he belongs in this tier. You're getting 14 games if he stays healthy of probably solid mid-tier RB2 production, even if there's going to be somewhat of a split with him and Jamal Williams. Now moving into tier seven, these are kind of like the guys who haven't really elevated from that original tier. We have David Montgomery, Alexander Madison, Miles Sanders, James Conner, Cam Akers, and DeAndre Swift. So really not a ton has changed in this range. I do just want to talk about uh, Cam Akers here because I think some people are very in on Cam Akers. They're expecting him to be a three down workhorse. And I did think that was possible a little bit earlier on in the off season. 
I'm a little bit skeptical now heading into the uh, NFL season. Just looking at the Rams' preseason usage, Akers and Kyron Williams have both not suited up all preseason. I think that if Cam Akers was going to be the clear three down back, I would have expected um, Kyron Williams to suit up in the preseason, right? Because it would have been like, all right, here's our you know clear RB1. He's not playing. We don't want to get him hurt. But everyone else, you know, we'll figure out what the other roles are going to be, who's going to be the number two, all of that stuff. It kind of seems like they already feel like they have this backfield figured out. And I would imagine that that would be Cam Akers taking the early down work. And then you have Kyron Williams as the receiving back. Like that's going to be Kyron Williams' strong suit. That's what he did in college. You know, he mixed in there last season. So on an offense with some pretty serious question marks, I'm just not sure how much upside Cam Akers is going to have in that role. Now, obviously, he's not locked into that. Things could change. But just looking at some of the running backs I have ranked ahead of him, James Conner, he probably is going to be that three-down workhorse. Not super stable because you know he's kind of older, not even really a great running back. You can still make the argument that Sanders and Madison are going to be three-down backs. Just a little weary of Cam Akers and whether or not that's actually going to come true for him. And then moving into the eighth and final tier, a very large tier here, we have Isaiah Pacheco, Khalil Herbert, Dalvin Cook, Zach Charbonnet, Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson, Jamal Williams, Tank Bigsby, Jalen Warren, Kenneth Gainwell, and Damian Harris. So a wide variety of guys here. Some of these players have strong roles heading into week one, but might lose them throughout the season. Other guys may be taking over their backfields later on. And then some of these players are just in ambiguous situations where you know things could go a variety of different ways. I think you could probably argue Isaiah Pacheco and Khalil Herbert up a tier. I think they're kind of like in between if we really want to like, you know, nitpick this tier. I just don't know how secure either of those guys' roles are. Like, I think they're both going to start off as the starters on their offenses, but I do think this Chiefs running back room could pretty easily turn into a gross committee with Pacheco, McKinnon, and CEH. Not sure like how much I really want to take out of this, but in their most recent preseason game with like the starters that they rolled out there, each of those guys played two snaps. So like they split it pretty much in thirds. I don't think it's going to be that extreme during the season. I still think Pacheco's the guy to own here, but I don't know if he's just going to step in and kind of take over that same workload he had last year. Cause we have to remember that was also when CEH was injured. And then for Khalil Herbert, I think he'll likely be the running back one to start off, but he'll still be splitting carries with Deonta Foreman and Roshan Johnson. It looks like Roshan Johnson's going to be taking the third down work. And then I think just as like a young rookie, he could end up um, expanding his usage throughout the season. Delvin Cook, I think he's probably going to be a viable player early on in the season, but I do expect Brees Hall to take over later on. Charbonnet, I think, is an elite handcuff who has the opportunity to eat into Kenneth Walker's workload. Then we have uh, Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson. This backfield really could end up being close to like a 50-50 split. Obviously, I think that's not ideal for fantasy because I don't know if this commander's offense is going to be strong enough to like trust either of these guys week to week. Like if you're splitting the work down the middle, I don't know like if both of these guys can be played at the same time, right? There are going to be some backfields, Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, you probably feel confident starting both of those guys week to week. Just don't think you can say the same about the Gibson and B-Rob thing, but both of them become pretty strong handcuffs either way. And it's also just possible that one could take over. Um, so like a fine bet here where they're being drafted. Then we have Jamal Williams, who pretty much is locked in to be like a pretty strong starter in the first three weeks of the season, but then he probably falls into a committee once Kamara is done with his suspension. 
Then we have Bigsby and Warren. I think both these guys are live to increase their opportunity share throughout the season. And then I think at worst, they're both like pretty strong handcuffs. Then we have Kenneth Gainwell, who I think has a legit chance to be this Eagles um, running back one. It seems like, you know, Swift is probably the favorite. People think Rashad Penny is like the next best guy, and it's totally possible. But from what I've seen, the snap counts, it could be Gainwell at the very least early on in the season. So I think he's definitely worth a flyer as like the RB4. And then we have Damian Harris, who, you know, if he maintains his red zone work, but not being super involved everywhere else, he's someone who's probably not a week-to-week starter, but could be flexed in favorable matchups and then has upside if uh, James Cook goes down probably turn into some split with him and uh, Latavius Murray. But that's going to wrap it up for tier eight. That is going to wrap it up for my top 40 running backs. If you all enjoyed the video, do me a huge favor, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Stay tuned for the wide receivers. If you want my full set of rankings down below in the description, thank you all for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.